Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. What makes a good villain? That's a good question because I am excited to find out. Villains are literally your favorite thing in the whole entire universe. They really are. And I'm really excited for this episode because I love bad people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that says about you, but let's hope that it's nothing negative. <laughs> yes. So let's answer that question. What makes a good villain? We have tons of points and we're going to get to them. Yes. We actually did a little bit of research, which is kind of different for us. We don't normally research a topic before we dive into it unless it's just stats on Amazon. No, so Exactly. And But this is a very important thing yes. to, to research because we don't want to sit here and just talk like we're stupid and mindless yeah and we don't want to be a villain yeah we don't we don't want to sound like we know nothing yeah so we're going we're going to give you some facts we're going to give you some research that we found and we're going to give you some examples yes and you're going to love it you will love it or else we will find you and we will cut off your ears and take over the world after so with your ears let's do this all right First point that we have is someone whose ideals contradict the hero's ideals. Mm. So that's deep. Yeah. That is deep. Yeah. It because is. because you have this hero. Everyone loves this hero, which is going to be another episode of ours. Mm -hmm. But everyone loves this hero that you're rooting for, that you know is going to succeed in the end. But there is someone or something that is going to get in its way. Yeah. And they're going to make it so that their mission doesn't get accomplished mm -hmm. in some way for a little bit. Exactly. Usually with most stories, you have that like beginning, you have the climax, and then you have that resolution. And it, during the climax is when the hero and the villain really face off. Exactly. And that's the thing about wh whether you're writing a good villain or watching a good villain is heroes and villains have this parallel kind of storyline. Mm -hmm. They are both on a mission. They both think that what they're doing is right. Yeah. But the only thing that's stopping them is the other person. Yes. And that is what makes chemistry. That is what makes a good kind of balance between good and evil. Yeah. Because we don't know who's right. We don't. And you usually don't know until the very end. You can make your guesses as to, okay, we've been following this person for most of the, the film or the book. They're probably our good person. They're probably our hero. Mm -hmm. But then but then it comes into question with unre unreliable narrators. Mm. That's something that's big that, that could very easily twist our hero into a villain. Exactly. For, so, for instance, a good unreliable narrator is, uh, oh, I forgot her name, but like I think her name was Amy. Yes, Amy from Gone Girl. She... I had a feeling. Yes. She is considered one of the greatest villains of our time, uh -huh. contemporary time, uh -huh. because, number one, she fakes her murder. Who does that? And she blames her husband. Who does that? Her seemingly perfect husband. Who? Does that. And do you know why she does it? I have no idea. She does it because she has had a lifetime of... Movies? Lifetime movies? Uh, I, do, I do like a lifetime movie. But she has a, she's had a lifetime of men treating her horribly. A lifetime of her family using her to get to their own fame and fortune. She's had a lifetime of being used constantly. And guess what? She's sick of it. So she wants to be more alive. And the only way to do that is to be dead. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the synopsis? Yes. <laughs> Not the, well, the Bradley synopsis. <laughs> that is the spark notes from Brad's head. But if you think about it, she's, if you're reading the book, you're like, oh my gosh, this woman is evil. Yeah. She dies or she, she. I said dyes her hair. <laughs> <laughs> she dyes her hair. You know, people who dye their hair 
are the devil. Yes. No. I, and then I'm the no, definitely the, the biggest devil. No. Oh my god. I've but, been dreaming of being the devil then. <laughs> <laughs> but she she does things in throughout the book that you, that make you question this woman is cray cray. Yeah. How is she so normal compared like why does everyone think she's so normal for yeah. so long? Yeah. And that like you're talking about unreliable narrator. They yes. she's a villain but yet is she? Right. She's been tortured her whole life right. emotionally. And I feel like you go through the novel of Gone Girl thinking of her as the victim. Yeah. When really she is she was the victim, but as soon as you as soon as you take it and you there's many different ways that a victim can either be the hero or the villain. Mhm. And the way that she went about her feelings, she turned herself into the villain. Yeah. She could have very well been the hero, but mm-hmm. it just takes one twist and you're evil. Exactly. And it's interesting because a villain doesn't doesn't have to be the the opposite of the hero. They they just have to be kind of uh they, Maybe more extreme. Yes, they have to be extreme, yeah. and they have to take their ideas and use them for the way they see it working out. Yeah. So, like, you don't have to just be the 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 villain. Doesn't always have to be the foil. It could be, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that novels and and movies and TV shows usually get wrong nowadays Mm -hmm. is because they always think that there's the good guy and the bad guy and we've gotten kind of back to that on tv shows Mm -hmm. there's always there's always this like pinnacle of a hero and then there's always this evil person who has no morals and is just bad Mm -hmm. and sometimes they they break it down as the villain only cares about themselves Uh uh-huh However, the hero cares about society. Yeah. And that might be the case. However, it doesn't always have to be. Yeah, exactly. It and doesn't when, have yeah. to be that. And when you blur those lines, that's when you have a good villain. Yeah. And I a good mean, hero. And a lot of things like uh, like science, mm-hmm. those are things where it could very easily be misconstrued as somebody becoming a villain when all they want to do is help society. Mm-hmm. When they want to successfully create a cure for something, but they have questionable ways of going about it. It doesn't necessarily make them the villain because they're still, or the hero, they're still trying to help society. Mm-hmm. But they have a question mark over their head about how good they actually are. Yeah. Which then leads us to the idea of motivation. Yeah. And what motivates a villain to be bad. Mm-hmm. And we have this idea of personal grief versus revenge, yeah. where the personal grief kind of comes from within. So they're dealing with something that, for instance, Amy from Gone Girl, she was dealing with that tortured soul. We've ha- we have what other villains are there? Um oh, there's so many villains. You know, there's uh give me one, give me one. Um, is there a person that you're looking for? Not really. I kind of randomly Let's want see. one. There's so many. There's so but many. But literally, like, picking one is the hardest I, thing possible. Because I want the best <gasps> ooh, example. Oh, um, the, 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 oh, God, what was her name from Heartless? Heartless. The queen. The queen. Oh, yes. She turns yes! into the red queen. Yes. Queen Hearts, I mean. What, yes. So think about that. I, what was her name? Seriously. C- it was so easy. E.G. B.G. T.G. Ouija. Ouija board? Meiji. Oh, I don't uh, even remember. Evie? On. No. Uh, oh, oh. It's like Catherine Cat, or something. Yes, yes. It's Cat. 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 Is it Cat? Yeah, I think it, I think it is. Hold on. It has to be Cat. It's. It has to be Cat. Heartless. Katie. Katie, 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 Katie. But yes, while while you're searching for that, she is a prime example. She has this idea that she has been wronged. Her dreams of owning the the dessert shop has been 
gone up in smoke. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she and, her, and the love of her life. Dead. Dead. And that is a personal grief. So what does that mean? Cath. Cath. Like catheter. Catheter. Cath. Cath. Yes, you that's her name. Cat. Her yeah. name is Catherine. Yes. So Cath. Oh, Ooh. that's good. Whew. Makes me feel better. I can yes. sleep at night. Oh, oh gosh. And then when you get to that personal grief, you, then you want to get revenge. You want to you want to get back what you have lost. Yeah. And you're going to do that no matter what happens. Uh-huh. If I have to become an evil queen and rule over the the world, I'm going to do it because that is my right because of what I've been wrong. Yeah. And it's also interesting because sometimes these two things do not go hand in hand with a villain. Mm-hmm. You have sometimes where there's personal grief with the hero, but then there's revenge in the villain. So I'm trying to think of a good revenge story where it was um, not a lot of personal grief. It was just it was just a a hatred for something that the person did and they maybe it was like um oh um hitler <laughs> <laughs> um i don't want to talk about his villainy but uh like regina george in okay. mean girls okay that's a good one so she didn't have a lot of personal grief no going going through it she didn't recognize uh that she was going through all of these things it was only when she found out that she was wronged that she started seeking revenge. Yeah. So then she started going after and releasing the burn book mm-hmm. and doing all of that crazy stuff, just releasing it and watching the world burn um, and then yelling at people and then ultimately getting hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't really have much personal grief to her. It just immediately spiraled into revenge. Yeah. But our hero, Katie had a lot of of grief over the fact that she was used mm-hmm. for a lot of it. She started off wanting revenge, but then in the end she ended up having a lot of personal struggles. Yeah. Mhm. There was one point we were talking about this earlier. There's one point that you made that I really thought was very important in terms of the villain not like kind of being a flaw. For the hero. Mm -hmm. Speak on that for me. Speak on it. What? Can you give me a little bit more to go off of? Yeah, sure. Um, Like you were saying that. (laughs) You can tell my head is not working. (laughs) So you, you, you were saying that basically a good villain shows the main character that there is a flaw within themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what I meant by that is that, uh, usually, usually a villain can show that the hero has something that they need to reflect on as well. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not just all about the hero comes in, wins the day, and then they go on their merry way with the villain being gone. Usually there's a point in a story where the hero has to do some self-reflection on themselves. So I'm trying to also I'm trying to think again of another book that we've read recently that has that. Um, oh, um, the Wicked Deep. Oh, okay. So that's that's an interesting novel because it's kind of hard to tell who the villain is. The villain and the hero are kind of the same person. No, yes, kinda. Mm-hmm. So it's that's an interesting one because. Basically, the the villain within the um, girl, the main character. What's the main sister's name? Oh, God. What is with us in names today? Thank you. I don't know. Thank, thank you for that. <laughs> but, the, but I get what you're saying. There's like this internal battle between doing the right thing. Yeah, and so I want to remember her name because I... is her name? Just really want to remember names now. I can't can't do not names. I think that's the worst part about listening to audiobooks is you can't flip through something to get the name. (laughs) Well, we couldn't flip through things to begin with. That's true. Like, are we really going to pick up 
a book over there and flip through it? You never know. No. You never know. I know. And it's going to be a no. Let's see. That's creepy. That's creepy uh, thing. Earnshaw. Shame. That's Shay the author. Earnshaw. That's the author. <laughs> um, oh, God. Kathy? No. It just has Penny and Bo. Penny. No, but it's not them. It's the it's the three sisters, the the Swan sisters. Oh, Marguerite, Marguerite. But then there's the other two. Hilda, Hex, Hexagon. No. Hilda, Hermione, Hi, no, Heidi. No, no, you're losing me. You're losing. It's me. an H one. Hilda, Hil Hil Hermaphid. Sister. Hermaphid. Don't say what is about to come out of your mouth. <laughs> You need to stop. I well, I wasn't even trying to say that word. I'm trying to come with the H word. Okay. <sighs> Who dare? Who dare? Is that the name of one of the sisters? <sighs> I think it's he Hazel. Hazel. <laughs> I know it was like something. <laughs> anyway, so so Penny is the main person that we stay in her thoughts. But yes. it's an unre unreliable narrator. And it goes to Hazel, who then wants to redeem herself for murdering Bo's brother the previous summer. There we go. Whew. So her and her sisters return every year to murder boys, basically. Mm. So Hazel takes over Penny's body, and you think this whole time you're you're listening and you're with Penny, when mm -hmm. really you're with Hazel the entire time, and she's trying to make right what her sisters do wrong every year and what she has done wrong in the past. So she's trying to redeem herself for being a villain. Mm. I think in the end, she does end up doing that because she does, she does put her sister's souls to rest and she puts the, the curse that's on the town to rest. Mm -hmm. So, but it was only through her, being able to self-reflect on herself as Penny, that she was able to see the the flaws in herself. Yeah. So that's a that's a part where it's kind of like the the hero battles mm -hmm. with themselves, and sometimes the villain is a part of them. Yeah. Which leads me to my next example, and it's a pretty big example. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna talk about this a lot. I'm going to let you talk about this a lot because it hurts my heart to talk about it. <laughs> but Voldemort. You're the one that told me about that one article that says he's a terrible well, I'm villain. Yes. And I'm going to I'm going to touch on those things. But I know you're I, I think you're like you really want to touch on those things. Well, I mean, I think it's more interesting from a fan of the series. Yes. To, to be talking about. it. Yes. But here's the one thing that the one positive thing about him as a villain and it kind of goes hand in hand mm -hmm. with what you're saying about there's there's the evil within the hero right or yeah. they see the flaw yeah so i think voldemort is a metaphor in itself for you know him and harry are connected they are one they're eskimo brothers they're eskimo brothers <laughs> <laughs> and you know He's a metaphor for us for knowing that there is evil within everyone and mm -hmm. within all of us. Mm -hmm. And that it is sometimes really hard for us as human beings to accept is that there we do have flaws. And some of us lose our noses. And some of us lose our noses <laughs> and have a really hard time, you know, coping, coping with that <laughs> and blowing in their nose because things come out. And then the, your food that you just digested just will come you out of your nose. You can just like see him too. I know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird. But with him and Harry being connected, it's like he has the ability to be Harry's end game. Like he, he is able to defeat Harry. But however, it's up to Harry to make the choices he needs to make in order to beat the villain inside of him. Yeah. And I think that's why... I think that was generally why Voldemort was created. Uh-huh. However, as a villain, mm, he's a very sloppy villain. He's a very sloppy. As a as a physical villain, yes. he is very sloppy. Very and sloppy. Because a villain 
to be a good villain, you need to have a message that is consistent. Mm-hmm. And that is something that Voldemort loses throughout the book series. And yes. it, it might be a problem because there are seven books. Mm-hmm. That might be to its detriment that she wanted to fit in an action-packed series in every single thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but all I can say is that he changes what his cause is throughout the novel. Mm-hmm. So at different parts, you know, he wants the Elder Wand and then and then he wants to kill Harry and then he, uh, those things kind of go back and forth. He wants to kill Harry. He wants the Elder Wand. He wants to kill Harry again. Then he wants to take over the wizarding world. And one could argue he wanted to do all of those things, but his focus was constantly changing. Mm-hmm. He could have done all of those things, but he could have started small. Let me get the Elder Wand. Now let me kill Harry. Now that Harry's dead, let me take over the mm-hmm. world. Instead, he was just all over the place. Yes. And it just, it made no sense. And it was just action for the sake of action in a mm-hmm. book. And that's the thing that I didn't respect about his villainy. And however, however, young Voldemort, so Tom Riddle. Yes. Was the absolute villain. The villain that we should have seen throughout the whole series. Yes. His main goal was to become the best dark wizard there ever was. Yes. And by taking by by getting rid of muggles and by getting the most powerful wand, all those things can go hand in hand if your main consistent message is I want to become the best dark wizard. Exactly. But once Harry was thrown in there, his world kind of got chaotic and thrown all to pieces. And and we have Voldemort. It wasn't manageable anymore. Even his name got missed and jingled up. It it was weird. What what was it like? Tom Riddle. It's it spelled Voldemort, right? Tom V. Riddle. There ain't that many R's. I, I know his name got like miscongibbled dibbled. Also, there's only one D in Voldemort. There's two D's in Riddle. Tom Riddle. Yes, there is two D's. Lord Voldemort. That's what it was. It's Lord Voldemort. Is Tom. There you go. Tom. Okay, there you go. V. Riddle. Riddle diddle. <laughs> I don't know. But all I do know is that Voldemort is an awful villain. Yes. Bellatrix, amazing Bellatrix villain. is a good villain. Villain. She, she's she, scary. She's chaotic. Yes. She, she's a chaotic evil type yeah, of person. She's, exactly. She only has one thing, and that's to keep her man yes. satisfied. Yeah. And there's really no, like, redeeming qualities to Bellatrix. Exactly. And that's part, that's another thing that makes a good villain, is that they cannot have any redemption to mm-hmm. them. You have to hate them throughout, because if you feel this, like, hatred for them, the writer, the director, the producer, the whoever mm-hmm. is is making this villain did it right. I want to look at a villain on TV or in a book or a TV show or a movie or whatever and say, I will never be like that person. Mm-hmm. I and, and I like them because they have the balls to go do that. Yes. But I'll never get to that level. Yeah. Now, if you sit there and tell me, oh, well, they her this villain's son died and they want revenge like we're talking about the personal grief for verse for revenge yeah and i'm like oh my god if my son died i think i would do the same thing which i guess that's artistic in a way of like oh i want my viewers or my readers to connect with every character and i get it but for a villain i want to be so scared of them yeah that makes me be scared to be them i mean honestly that's what you were talking about with um the gong gone girl with amy yeah like they put in a sympathetic view and it made you sort of go oh well she's not that bad of a person exactly and then but and if you think about it, if you want to get real real crazy and real real let's do it that's the whole thing with oh this is going to sound so republican in me i don't know are you ready for this I don't know. I'll tell you if I'm ready after you say it. That's the thing with these domestic terrorists. Is that I don't want to look at them on the screen and and feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. I don't I believe I'm a therapist and I want people to get mental health treatment. But I also believe in you're only going to get help, the real help, if you want to get the help. Okay, well, this is interesting. 
because you bring up a very interesting point of not wanting to feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. It's the media. Exactly. And it's the media releasing their names and their pictures that sort of make them feel like I want to be infamous. Exactly. These people have such deep seated brain mental issues Mm -hmm. that them wanting to be infamous is their only way that they care to be remembered. So now they're on a list. Yeah. A list of horrible, successful, unfortunately. Yeah. Criminals. Yeah. And domestic terrorists yeah and sometimes they unfortunately kill themselves Mm -hmm. because they don't answer for their crimes because they realize what they did maybe that didn't make them feel better yeah but that's that's not for me to decide right as media like you were saying media does this thing where oh you know this person is suffering from child abuse and that's why he shot up this school no, he shot up. He made the choice to shoot up his school because yeah. he didn't want to get the help that he needed. Yes. So don't make me feel bad for him. Yeah. I can still be empathetic to people, but yet still not want to know their in deep ins and outs of yeah. why they make their they made their decision. Exactly. When really, in, in retrospect, you don't even know why. No. The only person that can tell me is them. Yes, exactly. And even they won't know why. For a lot of them. And like, so, like the the Aurora shooter, yeah, I won't say his name because it he doesn't deserve it, mm-hmm. but he is he did it for no reason, no reason, and most of them do it for no reason. Mm-hmm. This took a dark turn into real life villains. Yes, because it, it was weird because I'm sitting there thinking how I like villains in literary and entertainment. Yeah. Because that's not me and that's not ever going to be me. But then I think, oh my gosh, there are real villains in real life. Yes. Who I'm like, I hate. A lot of them. But I, but why is it so easy for me to like a fictional villain and not like a real villain? I think because you have the capacity to realize what is real and what is not real. Mm -hmm. So you just said it. Fictional villains. They're not actually hurting people. Mm -hmm. They're not causing world destruction. They're not blowing up people. They're not killing children or animals or their wives or their husbands. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're fictional, the writers allow the bad stuff not to really happen, not to come to fruition. Yes, exactly. It's it usually stops. And I think that's one of the reasons why when we read a story and the ending is left ambiguous, we don't really like it. We don't Mm -hmm. appreciate it because it doesn't have the resolution that we were hoping for. It it doesn't have the, you know, the feel good message, Mm -hmm. but then also it's left to us. And in a world that is so dark at the moment, it's hard for us to see the positivity in the ending of a story that's left in our hands. Exactly. So, Mm. which this real life villain stuff brings up our next point, which is resource access. Oh, these some of these villains, they have a lot of resources. They do. And for um fictional villains, if the if the villain has access to incredible power, so much more power than the hero, it, it the story is just like it's so much more boring. Yeah. It's so much less compelling because the villain can very easily take out the hero in one swift kick. And then, and why hasn't it happened yet? Mm-hmm. So it brings up a lot of questions. Yeah. And another aspect of what makes a good villain is the fact that if there's, if there's a villain who is obviously way smarter mm-hmm. than everyone around him, and I think this kind of goes with, uh, Olaf yeah. in the unfortunate the series of unfortunate events which we talk more about on Thursday mm-hmm. so that kind of goes hand in hand with like they are always one-upping the antagonist yeah. they're all like in real life or fictional cop like books and movies stuff, they're always one-upping the cops or something like that it's kind of boring Yeah, this whole like cat and mouse game that they're playing 
it's exciting if it's a cat and mouse game. Yeah. However, it's not exciting when the cat is really fat and lazy and doesn't want to go chase the mouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that also goes in with the whole like what makes a good villain. They have to be smart and equal or at least parallel some level with those around them. Yeah. Yes. And I'm not saying that it's a good villain, but the story structure and the series like as a whole, but SpongeBob (laughs) (laughs) with Plankton, Mm -hmm. they do a lot of episodes. It used to be a thing like Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Talking about literal cat and mouse, like Mm -hmm. chasing each other every single episode. It was the same thing. It got, you know, dull and boring and that's why it didn't last very long. Mm -hmm. Um, but for, for Spongebob, there's so much more to the different characters and they have various layers to them. So when Plankton, who's our main villain, for the most part, you can also argue that Squidward's kind of a villain, but not so much. Um, when he comes in, it's very infrequent. So not every episode revolves around that kind of like theft of the secret recipe. Which makes the series a little bit more fun mm-hmm. and easier to fall into and just have on as like background sounds because it's usually pretty happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially that campfire song. Yes, the campfire song is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me why I know about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you therapize kids yeah that's true um so what are some examples of some good villains that we've read in our like previous books that we've you know reviewed for audio shelf yeah uh one that i really enjoyed um was molek from futuristic futuristic violence sexy 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 tones man justin timberlake Uh uh-huh okay um yeah so in this one, he is the direct opposite of Zoe. Um, but he, so he is kind of uh, the, he shows that people are, can very easily turn bad. Mm-hmm. Whereas Zoe sees the good in people. So she is all about like, okay, let's give this person a chance. Let's see what happens. Um, he, he is good. And Moloch is just like, no. I can very easily make this person very bad. Mm-hmm. And here is, watch me do it. Mm-hmm. And then also they both have the same amount of resources. So they're both ridiculously rich. Yes. Throwing money around town yeah. like it was nothing. Yeah. They can both spend their money in order to defeat the other. And Molek takes his money and, and pours it into a resource, getting those powers that he has in order to try to defeat Zoe, whereas Zoe does more of the, um, she goes more of like the the bodyguard and like kind of trying to outsmart round. Mm-hmm. She doesn't spend money on modifications or just you know tosses its stuff away. She tries to be good with it, so she tries to give food to people. She uses her resources for good, whereas Molek uses his resources for bad. Mm-hmm. But they have the same resources. Yeah. yeah. So he's a very interesting villain. Um, mm-hmm. He's just very intriguing. Yeah, definitely. Another good villain just kind of came to mind. <laughs> it's is, not because it's on the outline? Yes, yeah, not because it's on the outline. Okay. <laughs> we, of course, we talk about Big Little Lies Often we do, we, we we really do. It's probably one of the most influential books of the audio shelf. Yeah, in the in that book, you had Perry, who everyone hated because it's Perry, but in the TV show, everyone liked to get it. Yeah, Alexander Skarsgård, he can murder this bus anyway. Do you say he can murder this bus? Puss. Oh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, yes, Perry from Big Little Lies, he is an ultimate villain. Yeah. Not only is he strong and charming and rich and rich and and rich and successful, and he has that jaw. 
He also beats his wife. He also beats his wife. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 but that, that's the thing is no one knows. So much so that Celeste, his wife, doesn't even know how hard and like, or how harmful he is being to her. Mm-hmm. That is a villain. Yeah. And yes, we never cheered for Perry, but he, he has this, this consistency about him. Mm-hmm. Where he's evil and he is going to be so secretive, and he makes people do and and believe whatever he wants them to do and believe. Yeah, I mean he he kind of forces Celeste to admit that to herself that the abuse is making their son a bad person, and she risks a lot by either having to decide whether to confront that and start talking about it or to just continue to be submissive to Perry. Mm-hmm. And she also has to try to admit to herself that she does not like it. Yes. And also the big, I think the biggest part of the whole novel and the twist mm-hmm. was, yes, we know that he's beating Celeste. Yes. But when we find out he has a past with this and he's harmed another woman mm-hmm. in the same group. Yeah. And no one even knew, not even the the woman that he harmed. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like we have just we have watched a full circle villain. Yeah. Come to life. Yeah. And it's it's a very interesting villain because it's one that is I mean, I, I like to call them plot twist villains mm-hmm. because you just didn't see it coming. Yeah, you didn't see it coming. It was insane. And it's also important to note that for Perry's, for Perry being a villain, he was on equal ground. All of the characters in this book were seemingly on equal ground. Their resources were never brought into question at all. Like even though Jane maybe didn't have as much money as some of the other ones like mm-hmm. Renata and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was never a problem. It was never the focus of how evil he was. He never used the resources that he had. There are some villains that I I, I feel like I'm on the fence about. Yeah. And one that comes to mind is Dorothy from the Dorothy Must Die series. Mm-hmm. Written by Danielle Page. Mm-hmm. She's kind of one of those meh villains. She started off really strong. Yeah. Like, we started off being like, whoa, Dorothy's evil. This is insane. This is crazy. She was so, even her voice, and we talked a lot about that. The narrator's voice, Devin Sorvery, mm-hmm. made Dorothy sound like an evil, see you next Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. And we were we were there for it. We were uh-huh. we were present. We were we were there. Yeah. And her, her message was consistent, and her fight for power was always a fight. For more power. Mm-hmm. That's what she wanted. That's what she desired. And so it was always. She was always after that. And when mm-hmm. Amy came. To um, Oz. She. Feared losing. Yeah. That power. Mm-hmm. And so it was that fear that drove her to be a villain. To Amy directly. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a villain. Yeah. The well, entire time. It was that fear that. Made her lose her grip on her villainous. Actually, yes, very true. And before Amy came, it was I'm going to run this joint. I mm-hmm. have just masterminded all these witches. Yep. I'm still a human being, and I still f- somehow got powers. Yes, that's very true. That is and, a very good point. Yes, and then all of a sudden Amy came, and she said, "Oh gosh, the same person that just that walked through the through the tornado doors yeah when i arrived just walked in again yes and she's gonna take my my yeah. throne so then it kind of made her spiral and it made her kind of lose her grip on her ability to be a good villain yeah which then turned her into kind of a meh, meh villain villain and also the fact that she uses her resources that she has an infinite amount of and her minions against amy where amy doesn't have any yeah she had so much power, and yet, how is Amy still kicking your butt? Exactly. The, and then she allowed Amy to build resources. Mm-hmm. She allowed Amy to be in the order. Yeah. She allowed Amy to gather these these people, her own little, I don't want to call them minions because they weren't because Amy didn't see them as minions, but the support system. Yes. And that's 
Dorothy's downfall. Yeah. She could have crushed Amy the second she walked through those doors. She could have if she didn't let fear get in her way. Yep. But fear won out. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That was a good one, Brad. That was really good. Oh, my gosh. Well, now we're going to talk about horrible villains. Bad villains. Bad villains, which we already talked about Voldemort. Voldy I don't want to mention his name again, even though I just did. He who shall not be named. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> but then we also have the Hunger Games on here. I have heard. I have When I was researching this topic before you came over and after you researched all this, we, <laughs> I have found one very common theme of villainy is that everyone hates the capital. Yep. Everyone there there was like there was like President Snow and Cade, I think his name was. Cade, what was his name? I, I'm not even going to look. It's like something with a C. I think it's Cade. Not Cade. Um, Coin? What was? No, that was not President that Coin. President Coin. I'm talking about the one boy that was in the first one who tried to kill Katniss. He was, oh. she like killed him with, oh, she killed him. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, they were all individually listing them. And someone said, actually, you're pretty wrong on all of these because it was the capital as a whole that was the villain. Yeah. So talk to me about that. Okay. Well, I did not read that article. I just thought the whole capital was the villain because it's kind of obvious that that's, yeah. that's, that's the point of it. Um, everybody that is in the capital gets joy from watching these children kill each other. Mm-hmm. It's gross. And the reason why they're a bad villain is that it's they're completely unfair. They they just they have so much and it's just they're 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 bad right from the start. And it's not a a place or the capital is not made of people who help Katniss reflect and grow mm-hmm. and become a better person. It helps everybody else around Katniss reflect and grow but it doesn't help our hero who's supposed to be our hero mm-hmm. grow at all yeah it just keeps her the same because she's so i don't even know how to describe Kat- katniss she's I, a different i honestly topic. think i would have rather read a story about the change within effie trinket yeah the fact that she was the spokesperson the face uh-huh. of the capital when we first went into this world and she realized, wow, the capital really does suck. It turns on you in the blink of an eye. And I would rather hear Effie's perspective of the Hunger Games more so Katniss's. Because you know Katniss. She's there to survive. Book two, she's there to survive. Yeah. And book three, she's there to conquer. Like, she's there to to lead. Yes. And I'm like, okay, I got it. Katniss was always amazing. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that... The the capital has so many resources at their disposal. It's just like Dorothy, except for the fact that Dorothy actually started out as a good villain. The capital was never a good villain. No. They have the resources, but they're outsmarted by a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of people are outsmarted by Katniss Everdeen. By their... Weapons. Yeah, by somebody he wins by accident. They literally, the Capitol created those little Jackerbee things. Yeah. Or whatever they're called. The the Capitol created those little berries. Yeah. So why are you letting this little girl beat you? Yeah. And I mean, Katniss was completely volatile in her own. Like, in her own body, she was just completely off the hook. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to be... The hero. And that was something that they tried to convince us was really redeeming about Katniss. But in reality, it was just kind of a giant eye roll because everything still happened for Katniss. Yeah. I mean, did she do anything except for survive? No. I mean, Rue, she wouldn't have survived in that tree if Rue didn't be like, yo, Katniss, you dumb bee. You have a knife and you have a tree. What if Katniss is actually the villain? No, she's too good. Nothing she does is wrong. That's the problem. Hmm. She's she's an undefeated villain. Whew. Think about it. 
I'm going to think about it. I'm going to sleep on it. Think about it. Can I sleep on it? Mm, yes, you can. <laughs> you can take a few nights to sleep on it. All right. All but right. I want you to think about that because for real, a villain is not just the sum of the things that they do wrong, which is what a lot of things like literature and movies and TV get wrong about them. Mm-hmm. A hero could easily be mistaken or turned into a villain. So I need a good example because you you have opened my eyes. Have I? Because you said you need to sleep on it. Oh, I I, I need another <laughs> example. And I feel like you got one in you. I have one written down. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. Okay. So the example that I thought of was Romeo and Juliet. I know tragic lovers. They they die. It's a Shakespeare story. It's beautiful. There are heroes, whatever. There are main characters, but that's all they are. Mm-hmm. If you look at them and you you measure all that they do wrong throughout the series, through or series, <laughs> they died throughout the play. <laughs> <laughs> they actually cause a lot of the problems. Yeah, that a villain would normally cause. I mean, they turn people against each other. They have them kill each other. They, for their own selfish reasons, create their family's war mm-hmm. that ends up murdering some of their closest relatives. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. Well, they don't create it, but no, they I know. Do. I know that it was there, but they they bring it together. They, they yes. make it so that they start fighting. Yes. I mean, Tybalt would, you know, be Tybalt. Know, he would, yeah. <laughs> If it weren't for them. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's the thing is that, yes, the families were always feuding, Mm -hmm. but they weren't like, let's meet in the streets and let's get down. Yeah. That's true. So the fact that because of their selfishness and not just communicating effectively, they instead decided to be, try to be martyrs and, and kill themselves but then they didn't communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. So then one of them fakes, fake dies. The other one real dies. Mm-hmm. And then the other one wakes up and then real dies. And it's like. In the words of the Mio guy, sassy gay friend. What, what, what are you doing? Look at your life. Look at your choices. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, so we kill ourselves? Kill ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> But because the story revolves around them, they are our tragic heroes. Yeah. And are never to be looked at as villains. Exactly. And that's the thing is, when are we going to start realizing that, this is a point that we made earlier, everyone has evil within us. Yeah. We don't have to pick and choose and put a label on ourselves. The hero can be the villain. Yes. It would be really interesting for us to take a couple put. Books to take a couple books and reverse the hero and the villain, which is what I think is going on right now. Yeah, with fairy tales. Yes, Gregory Gregory Maguire. He's not probably he's not the first, but I think after Wicked came out and all of those fairy tales that he reversed, he apparently has another one called After Alice. Yes, yes, I have heard of that. Um, and he did like the stepsister and he did all these other reversal, like role reversal stories with, with the grim fairy tales and different kind of things. And then you have Danielle Page, Dorothy Must Die. Uh-huh. Then you have Cinder uh-huh. and all of, and, and Heartless, and all Heartless, of these, yeah. all of these young adult role reversals are, are doing just that. They're saying these good people also has some bad in them too. Yes. And I like what you're saying, taking normal books that have been glamorized and yeah. and published as this is clearly the 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 villain and this is clearly the the hero and kind of flipping it on its tail. Yes. I like what you got go. And I pointing like out idea. the fact that there that the hero does things that is not a hero. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be a case study. That could be. That could be a class in college. Should be. Whew. 
That was a really good villain analysis. I really like that. I think that was really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. And if, you, you, ha- how late did you stay up? Till like 2 a.m. You did some work. I tried. I tried for our first research assignment. Yes. To do some deep diving. You did some work. And you taught me a couple things. You taught me a couple things. Because, you know, my favorite character in a story, no matter what it is, is going to be the villain. Yeah. And you taught me to look at it in a different way. Yeah, maybe look at the hero as the villain. Oh. And then you probably wouldn't like him as much. Probably not. Hmm. It's interesting. It's very interesting. If we missed anything about what makes a good villain, I almost said hero. (laughs) That's next. Ah. If we miss anything about what makes a good villain... Please let us know by following us on Twitter at AudioshelfMe, liking us on Facebook at AudioShelf, and also following us on Instagram at AudioShelf underscore podcast. We want to hear what you have to say, and we are always open to making second parts or edits to Mm -hmm. our episodes that we can really communicate with the community. Or including you on the show. If you go into our Patreon and donate whatever you can. We have a Patreon that helps us build and grow financially and provide the best show possible. And so how to do that is you go into our Twitter bio, click on the link, and that can take you there. Or you can just go on Patreon's website and search for Audio Shelf. Yeah. And you also get exclusive access to the episodes. So they'll come out 24 hours before they actually are released. Ooh, bonus content as well. Yes, and be sure to subscribe to us wherever you can get your podcasts. We're everywhere except for Spotify because Spotify sucks. Mm-hmm. And I bet that if you want to find two free audiobooks... On villains, mm. you could go into our website at audioshelf.me and click on the Audible affiliate link, and you can download two free books oh my God. if you subscribe for a 30 day free trial. Wow. You can That's get two great. free villain books. That's great. Oh, That's such, a, such a deal. That's really great. Then you can cancel your membership and then still get two free books. Yeah, you can. We did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Three times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're villains. <laughs> until next time bye that was really deep it was this has been audio shelf where we release new episodes every monday if you want to stay updated listen to previous episodes or suggest audiobooks for us to feature visit us at audioshelf.me we are brad and Brittany. thank you for listening